0: Again, that's over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, and be sure to enter the promo code STC. So we'll jump right into today's podcast session. Hello, welcome to session 97 of Selling the Couch. Today we are in for a solo session with me, and today I actually wanted to talk about a topic that To be honest, I have been very conflicted about talking about this topic. I had the idea for creating a podcast episode for this specific topic, probably around, I would say, session 10 or 20, but I put it off. And that topic is naps. And today I want to share about the five benefits of naps and then share some of the tips that I've learned from my own napping routine. There's a lot of evidence that naps have a lot of benefit when it comes to creativity, productivity, and a bunch of different things. And I'll share a lot of those with you. I wanted to start just by sharing that the truth is that I take a 25 minute nap seven days a week, and I have done it for the past several years. Part of my reluctance in sharing this is there's this weird stigma around adults taking naps I think sometimes there are these messages that naps mean that you're a lazy person, that you don't like being very productive. Or there's the other end of the spectrum, which is that kids are the only ones that take naps and the elderly are also folks that take naps. But when you get to be an adult, you shouldn't be taking any kind of a nap. As I mentioned, I've done quite a bit of research on napping and I've seen a lot of personal benefit and what I want to share is a lot of my own journey and things that I hope you inspire you to think about uh, napping and incorporating a napping routine into your schedule. You know, when I was doing my early research, it turns out that some of the most successful people in history were actually nappers. For example, Leonardo da Vinci took daily naps. In fact, Albert Einstein took a daily nap and he also actually spent a time outdoors almost every day taking hikes so that he could think through things and think about things in a different way. Eleanor Roosevelt napped before every speaking engagement, it is said. And the artist Salvador Dali would actually sleep sitting up in a chair and he would hold a key in one hand dangling over that chair so that when he fell asleep, he got to a certain point where he dropped the key and that would cue him to wake back up. You know, I wanted to start our conversation into napping with two personal experiences that shape my idea of napping. The first one is, as you guys may know, I was born in India and my family immigrated to the US right after I had finished the first grade in India. And now my grandparents and actually a lot of my family still lives in India. And especially when we were younger, we would try to take as many trips as we could, especially during the summer months, to go visit family. You know, I have a younger brother, and maybe it was the fact that there were two (laughs) rambunctious young boys running around. But my grandfather would have us take an hour nap every afternoon. And so growing up, napping kind of became a part of my daily routine. And for my grandfather, who's now in his mid-80s, A nap is something that he had done for years, and it was just part of his daily routine. And I began to like, that experience, I think, started to shape me because I was like, wow, you know, cultures have different understandings of naps and the benefits of naps and all of those things. So that experience, I think, definitely shaped my perspective. The second experience that I had is when I was an undergrad, I had the very fortunate opportunity to spend some time abroad in Spain in the city of Seville. And if you haven't heard, Seville is known for their siestas, which are these blocks of time in the afternoon where everything pretty much shuts down and folks usually take naps and things like that. So what would happen was each weekday, most things in the city would shut down between around one and 4 p.m. And I remember when I first got to Seville, for a kid, you know, who had spent most of his life in the U.S., this was like such a different experience. And I was like, wait, things shut down, stores close. I have to, you know, take a nap. It really taught me to slow things down. So during this block of time, the siesta time, a lot of times folks would come back from their work and spend time with their family and they would have a family meal together and then They would usually take some sort of a nap, a siesta before going back to work for a couple hours and then coming back. I love that idea of breaking up the day into two sort of distinct periods with a period for family, for building community and a period for rest right in between. So these two experiences really shape me. And I wanted to share some of the tips that I hope encourage you to incorporate a napping routine into your daily life. The first is that napping improves our alertness as clinicians. One of the things that is really important for me as I continue to develop as a clinician is that I want to give as much attention and focus and I want to be as present for the first client that I see as the last client that I see. What I noticed is, especially when I was in practicum and on internship, During my training, I noticed that my energy kind of dipped between 2 and 3 p.m. every day. And I would try really hard to focus. And what I was noticing was that I was not processing everything that the client was saying. I was sometimes not picking up on subtle nonverbals, things that I usually kind of pick up on. And I was like, man, I wonder what's going on. And I'm not a big coffee or a tea drinker or a soda drinker. So I didn't want to drink something like that in the middle of the day and then just kind of be wired in that way. I did some more research and it was interesting. So I noticed that that 2 to 3 p.m. was kind of my down period. But if I were able to get past that time period, I was fine. So a practical thing that I did was I kind of stopped scheduling clients in that 2 to 3 slot just because I knew that I wouldn't have the full energy to be present with them. And I felt like I knew that they deserved a better. I actually did some research. And one of the things that came up was the National Sleep Foundation. And they recommend between a 20 and a 30 minute nap. And they say that that's an optimal period where you can rest your body enough, where you can improve your alertness and your focus But it's not so much that you get groggy and sleepy and tired. The second benefit of taking a nap is that it improves creativity. There was this study that I came across, which was done at the City University of New York, that found that napping relaxes your mind and helps you form these connections that you may not have seen before. I was thinking a lot about the work that we do, right? The work that we do requires a lot of creativity and a lot of flexibility, especially in the moment. I know for me, sometimes it's during those periods of rest when I think back to a session that I usually get these sort of ideas. And it's interesting. I can't tell you the amount of times that when I've woken up from a nap or in the process of taking a nap that I've thought about a client or something that they said and some association form that I hadn't thought of in the moment. It's almost like the nap helped me to think of things in a different way. There's actually this book that I recommend that you check out called Take a Nap, Change Your Life, The Scientific Plan to Make You Smarter, Healthier, and More Productive. It's by Sarah Mednick, who's a researcher at the Salk Institute, and she found that napping improved our sensory perception. It actually improved our sensory perception. So as clinicians imagine how many subtle nonverbals or inflections in tone that our clients give us and if we're not fully focused and if our sensory abilities are not to the level that they need to be that we may be missing things because that we're just feeling tired. The third benefit of taking a nap is that it improves productivity. I read this quote by New York Times best-selling author Michael Hyatt that said The secret to becoming more productive is not managing your time, it's managing your energy. That quote blew my mind because I feel like we live in this society where things are all about creating schedules and trying to fill up our schedules with as many stuff as possible. But I love that quote because... It's a different emphasis, and I feel like an emphasis that's often undervalued, which is focusing on our energy levels throughout the day and scheduling work and creating work around that time. There's actually lots of studies that say that the longer that we go in the day, the less productive we tend to be. I came across uh, several of them, as I mentioned, and there was this 2002 Harvard study that found that a 30-minute nap during the day, it improved productivity to the beginning of the day level. So basically, after you woke up from your nap, they found that alertness and uh, productivity was at the same level as when you started your day, which is really interesting. The fourth benefit of taking a nap is that it reduces the risk of heart disease. There was actually this really interesting study. It's the largest study that's been done that I know They did a study of 23,000 Greek adults over the span of five years. This was done at the Harvard School of Public Health. And what they found is that those individuals who took a regular midday nap or a siesta were over 30% less likely to die from heart disease. I definitely want to check out this study more because it just seems very fascinating, right, to have that sort of longitudinal data and to be able to find something like this. Now, I don't have to tell you this, but here in the U.S., heart disease is the number one cause of death for men and for women. In fact, in 2015, which is the latest data that I could find, there were over 610,000 deaths in the U.S. that were attributed to heart disease. In other words, one out of four deaths in the U.S. are the result of heart disease. And I imagine that some other factors like community and exercise and diet uh, play a role in it, of course. But I'm also just very curious about the link between napping and heart disease. Again, I want to look more at this study, but I have a feeling it has probably something to do with napping helps to reduce stress levels in the middle of the day. Number five reason of considering taking a nap is that naps can prevent burnout. We do such hard work in the world. We hear stories of trauma. We hear stories that others have never shared with anyone else. We worry about the well-being of our clients. We hear things from clients that bring up painful memories and painful past experiences for us. And the reality is that colleagues leave our field every single year from burnout. And if you're listening to this, obviously, I don't want you to ever leave our field, especially from burnout, even in the private practice space, you know, having just been in the space and having done so many of these podcast interviews. Now, one thing I've noticed is that we can even develop this sort of competitive mindset where our success can be measured by income or the number of clients that are on our caseload. One of the things that I've noticed is that sort of competitive, even though I think Some of it's definitely coming from a positive perspective of encouragement and wanting to do well. But I think sometimes feeling like you're not measuring out to a colleague, that's definitely a recipe for burnout. And I think more than anything, I just want you to sort of notice that in yourself. Let me go over those five reasons again to take a nap are, number one, it improves our alertness as clinicians. Number two, it improves your creativity in and out of therapy room. Three, it improves your productivity. Number four, it reduces the risk of heart disease. And number five, it prevents and can prevent burnout. So the second part of the session, I wanted to actually share some really practical things that I do that's helped me with my napping routine. Number one is as much as possible, be consistent with the time that you take a nap. For me, it's that two to three time period. So I will actually take a 25 minute nap and I usually go from two to 225. So what I encourage you to do is notice the natural rhythm of your body and notice when you start to feel groggy and tired. For most people, it's during that lunchtime, that post lunchtime. Everything that I've read says that for most people, it is that lunchtime or it tends to be between that 1pm to 4pm time slot. So just especially pay attention to that time slot and see where your energy levels are. Number two is, I know what you're probably thinking, how in the world is he able to fall asleep in 25 minutes? Let me tell you, initially it was extremely difficult. My mind was racing and I was like, Melvin, you're not going to be able to fall asleep. My mind's like, you want me to shut down right now? I don't think so. So my encouragement to you is don't be hard on yourself if you can't fall asleep initially. I really did struggle with this initially. I noticed that my thoughts were racing. They were on clients that I had seen. My mind went to things that I had to do for the rest of the day. One of the first things that I started doing was that those initial times, I wouldn't necessarily fall asleep in the 25 minutes. But what I would do is I would just close my eyes and I would focus on my breath as I breathed in and then as I breathed out, almost like counting sheep with your breath, right? So just focusing on that breath seemed to help me slow my mind down because my mind was now focusing on something else. As with anything, it definitely takes practice. You know, as I mentioned, I couldn't fall asleep initially, but now I've gotten it to a point where I can usually fall asleep in like two to three minutes which I've read that this is apparently true for a lot of nappers, is that the more that you practice this, the quicker that you can fall asleep. The side benefit is that also in the evening when I'm ready to go to sleep, I'm also able to fall asleep a lot faster. The number three tip that I have just from my personal experience is keep the nap itself short. So I found that somewhere between 20 and 30 minutes work best. Whatever you do, do not hit the snooze button. Sleeping too much actually creates something called sleep inertia, which is that groggy feeling that we experience sometimes when we wake up and we're waking up and uh, you just have that sort of feeling, kind of feeling disoriented. One of the things that I have found really beneficial is, for example, if you have a phone and you're setting your alarm on there, putting the phone further away from where you are sleeping so that you're forced to actually get up and go and turn off the phone. The fourth thing that I would encourage you to do is turn off the lights as much or use an eye mask. you know you can get stuff from you know any sort of a store. And what that does is that sort of simulates and gets your brain trained like it's sort of like in the night mode. It's just for a brief period of time. but if you can, like when you're in your office or whatever it is, you know consider turning off the lights. The number five tip that I would give that I found helpful is to invest in a travel pillow and then as well as a light blanket and then some sort of a sound machine. The combination of those three things has been really beneficial to me. Some of the research that I have read says that our body temperature tends to slightly lower when we're sleeping and just having a light blanket near you can keep you kind of cozy and warm and help you wake up feeling more refreshed. What I'll do is I will link to a couple of the tools that I recommend when it comes to napping. You can find that in the show notes and I'll put that there, which you can find at sellingthecouch.com forward slash session and the number nine seven. Again, I cited a number of studies because I like to just nerd out on research, but again, I'll put those in the show notes as well for you. Just taking a step back, Again, my five things that I do is as much as possible, be consistent with the time that you sleep. Don't be hard on yourself if you fall asleep. Number three is keep it short. I Again, I found that between 20 and 30 minutes do really well. Number four is turn off the lights or use an eye mask. And number five is keep a travel pillow, a light blanket, and a sound machine near you when you sleep. Just taking a step back, you know, I have found that napping has significantly improved my mood. It's increased my energy. It's made me less susceptible to illness. It's had so many great benefits for me. One of the things, you know, with STC is as I build out STC and as I now jump back into private practice, one of the things that I notice is that when I'm working on days where I'm working from home, I can get a lot of work done in the morning, and I think part of that's you know my morning routine, which I shared a few episodes ago. So be sure to check that out. I get a lot of work done in the morning, and then during that one to three time is when I start to feel a little bit groggy, a little bit more tired. So what I do is one to two, I'll usually, if I'm working from home, what I'll do is I'll go take a hike, or I'll do some sort of light exercise routine, or if the weather's good, I'll go outside and go play some basketball, I'll just do some light shooting around just to kind of relax my mind and to exercise my body because I've likely spent a lot of time exercising my mind in the morning. And then that 2 to 3, from 2 to 2.25, I will take a nap. And then by 2.30 to whenever I decide to work, usually around 4.35 in the afternoon, I just have found that I'm as alert during that afternoon time as I am during that morning time because of my nap. So I hope that this session encourages you to think a little bit differently about napping. As I said, I was a little conflicted about sharing that I take a nap, but it's been so instrumental to me and I've just read so much stuff and seen that a lot of really successful entrepreneurs seem to take naps and it's becoming less of a stigma now, and I hope that this conversation helps it in that way. Again, you can find show notes at sellingthecouch.com forward slash session and the number nine seven. Thank you again for taking the time to listen. We are quickly approaching a session 100, and I have a special surprise planned out for you guys. Looking forward to connecting soon. Take good care. Bye.